listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Um, Shalom. 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 What does shalom mean? Well, I feel like it's a Jewish thing and it's a greeting and people just say it. Oh, okay. It's not a time uh, specific. No, sorry. So I wasn't really fitting in. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. Bonjour. Bonjour. I just thought I'd um, Bongiorno <laughs> offer Bongiorno. my Oh, we've made it movie-related. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show with Lewis, Cecilia and Rachel. You may be listening to us live on Radio Freeman on 107.9 uh, on a Thursday at 6pm or m- more likely listening to it on a podcast. If you are, please um, share, review, tell your mates. Give us some of those stars. Stars. All that jazz helps Love us it. out. Um, so I uh, bought myself a diary Good because job. last year when it came to our um, happy lists, as I'm calling them because that's kind of what, what Lewis called them, um, I thought I better start writing stuff down again because the last two years I've been really slack. So I've written down like everything, including the TV shows I watched this week. (laughs) So I'm sure I'll get less um, detailed as the year goes on. But anyway, I've done that. It's a good start to the new year. Uh, Yeah, it's New Year's resolution rubbish and all that jazz. Um, So I have actually got a couple of things to talk about today. Um, We've got the Harry Potter 20-year reunion, The Lost Daughter, um, Adam's Family 2, which was out today. Um, And the new season of Queer Eye is out. So (laughs) I have watched three episodes and cried in every single one of them. So uh, what about you guys? What do you guys got to talk about? Because we don't do this before. Well, we did, but I've already we, forgotten we what did, you told me. But I, I seen Being the Ricardos, which is a bit of a biographical film about Lucille Ball and her partner. I've seen the film Death to 2021, which oh. is a follow-up to... I watched that as well, Death yes. To, oh, yeah. great. So we can talk about that. And I also watched The Rescue, which is, of course, the very... Uh, detailed film about the logistics behind the evacuation of 12 boys and their soccer coach from a cave that had been flooded in 2018 in Thailand. Is it a documentary or a film? It is a documentary. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think either of them would be good. Uh, Not, (laughs) I mean, you know, entertaining, but for me who, like, can't watch things where there's water involved, um, yeah, no. I, I cannot watch mm. that. Like I get stressed out when um, Norman, the calf, is like almost drowning in city slickers in the water. That just stresses me out. Water is, and particularly when you think about a cave type scenario, uh-huh. how, how claustrophobic that becomes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is a bit of a difficult watch, I would imagine. I'm I'm okay with it, but I think for people who 
don't quite like that stuff, but yeah. I find it a bit of a tough watch. So. I'm not a great swimmer and I've almost drowned twice in my That's life. That's good. So um, the first time I don't remember, uh, remember but um, it happened when I was a baby and apparently um, I got left in the pool when my mum wasn't there. I was getting taken care of by somebody else and so I almost drowned then. Wow. So my mum reckons that my fear of water has come from there because it's like subconsciously. I think that um, explains it. So I never really got <laughs> into swimming lessons um putting my face underwater is so scary like i'm getting to the point where my son's probably a better swimmer than me shortly uh, so and then the second time was at the gold coast i got caught in a rip and my friend angela saved my life and i'm like i don't think you understand i think you actually saved my life and she's like yeah no problems I'm like, <laughs> she, she didn't, didn't say it, it like that deal, no she didn't think it was a big deal like, i got caught in a rip and I'm, i don't know that you're supposed to swim sideways rips are very dangerous seriously very dangerous but um no i have no problem i was a bit of a champion swimmer when i was uh really yeah i was a very sporty child i played all sorts so um and and swimming happened to be one of my fortes oh there you go you can take my kid to the beach then we should get cat and uh cecilia to race Ooh. Oh, yeah, because she's quite a swimmer as well. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'd, really I'd watch that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two pasty women <laughs> swimming as well. <laughs> no offence, Kat. Oh, I mean, actually, Kat's not that pasty, is she? She's got a bit of a colour to her. No, no, yeah. She's pretty white, she's probably, she's, she's she's pretty white but I think you may just win. Take, yeah, yeah, but still. You know. I used to do this thing because I was always like the whitest person in any friend group that I was with and then we'd have this argument over, no, no, I'm whiter, I'm whiter and then I would get them to put their arm out and we would compare and I think you might be the only person that I've met that's whiter. And you're just like, I don't even have to and, worry Or maybe my like. husband, hang on, we're, we're going to do this live <laughs> on air, let's have a look. Just comparing here, the arms are out and uh, Cecilia, definitely paler. <laughs> Not by much, though. Not by much, Not though. by much. Look at all the ink on my hand. I've got I know. Pen. What's going on? I had a pen explode in my pocket, I've just realised. Um, oh. Oh, so. so now your pocket's gross. What were you doing with your hands in your pockets? Well, I had a pen and it was digging into my hips. So I thought, I'll pull it out. And I went in and... Ah. <laughs> ah. So, yeah, not a good look. But. Mm. Talk about tangents, hey? Well, I was talking to Kat uh, on the way over here and because uh, um, she's at her mum and dad's, which is around the corner, uh, and uh, I said, we've got to do a Tangent City. And she was like, oh, we've got to do a you know, Disney Under first. I was like, yeah, but we haven't done Tangent City in a long time, so we <laughs> really need to do that. Yep. And, and Disney Under is only like half an hour, so yep. um, it's, we can knock those out easily. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this weekend we've got some free time yes, and we yes. can uh, sit down in front of the microphone and do a bit of tangenting. Yeah, hopefully do a what bit of spoiler best. stuff for uh, <laughs> for Spider-Man. Yes, No Way Home, that would be good. Yep. Oh, man, I've been hanging out to go and watch, like, No Way Home again and watch Ghostbusters again. Uh, but I've uh, got this 13-year-old dog, Abby, uh, who had a, a bit of a medical drama on uh, um, New Year's Eve. Uh, and so, yeah, it was her in hospital for two days and then uh, we've been, like, you know, nursing her back to some semblance of health for the last week. So, mm. uh, yeah, really haven't been able to get out and see, uh, see very much. Uh, but as I did see the death of 2021 um did watch uh don't look up as well oh did you like it i did i really enjoyed it i thought it was great cecilia we were just talking about it off air cecilia was unsure because she's not great with um end of the world Mm. scenarios but i said because it's a satire it might be (gasps) okay okay. yeah yeah and if you are going to watch it watch right to the end past the credits and everything okay did you do that yes i did as directed very good it's so it's 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 like funny uh, but also depressing and yes. frustrating as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, it's like just the, oh, Adam oh, McKay has God. done a brilliant job. 
to be honest. He's yeah. really hit the nail on the head. I think I'm so traumatised by that film Silent Night that I watched recently, which oh. was that really bleak end <laughs> yeah, of the world yeah. comedy set. Well, not comedy, this is but not bleak <gasps> film set at Christmas. I'm like, I don't want that again. I don't know if this is bleak. No, it, it's just... It's just, it's just, it's just I, I suppose it's depressing because you're like, uh, if this really happened in the world, this is probably what would happen. Politicians would be like, mm-hmm. how does this... Uh, story service me, mm. <laughs> but mm. oh, it's, it's really there's this like Elon Musk kind of character in there as well. I mm. guess you know Elon Musk or Bezos or one of those rich yeah. prick type persons. Um, the uh, he's in there as well. And he's just terrible. Oh, Do you think God. that Mike uh, Mark Rylance is just playing his Ready Player One character? Um, maybe, but it, it feels so yeah. similar. Mm, mm. Mm. But no, it was a, it was a, definitely worth a, while, a watch. I, okay. I'd say definitely worth a watch. Uh, and I watched uh, Book of Boba Fett uh, episode two, and it was amazing. Oh, oh see, so good! Another Star Wars thing that I, I was not aware was a thing. I keep seeing, um, like ads for Hawkeye, and I'm like, damn, that looks good. I really have to watch that. Yeah. Um, so I have to get on top of that. And I think the last teaser trailer that I saw uh, had Vincent D'Onofrio in it. Um, I'm pretty sure that was Hawkeye. Maybe Hawkeye, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, You looked at me blankly like and I'm like, oh, I started no, no, doubting I'm myself. Just, <laughs> I'm just surprised they've got D'Onofrio in the, the trailers. That's all. It's oh, a, really? He's not in it for much? Well, he is. He's uh, like a photograph in the second to last episode then he's uh, featured in the last episode. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, man, every time I see him, and I know it has to do with the roles that he's playing, but I'm just like, oh, dude, go see your doctor. You look so unwell. Like he just looks because and the, and in here he's like his face is all puffy and he's bald and but I think the time before that I saw him in a film and he was he just looked unwell. Oh, but I'm sure he's not. It's just the characters that he seems to be playing mm. lately are like you know well, kind of run down yeah. type of. Kingpin is supposed to be a big guy, so it, yeah. Well, I mean Vincent D'Onofrio over time has yeah. become a big guy, mm. so and they um, make him yeah. look huge in Hawkeye. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all, think it's all like camera angles and stuff. But yeah. yeah he, he does look big. He does look big. <laughs> um, is Kingpin the guy who was in, you know, Into the Spider-Verse? Yep. The really big guy? Yeah, yes. So that's that, the same guy? That's Kingpin, yes. Oh, I love it when universes, like, make sense to me because <laughs> they often don't. Um, so that's good. So they certainly don't to me, that's for sure. <laughs> I, um, I just quickly... Sorry, getting myself organised. Um, Queer Eye, I've been waiting so long for a new season of this show. Um, I just love it dearly. Have you guys watched it recently in the last few years? I've never watched it and it's not because I don't want to watch it. It's yeah. because I've just never really found the time. But it's something that has been recommended to me over and over and over and Honestly. talked about and I just think it sounds like an absolute blast. So I do want to get on board. I don't think there's any episode I've watched where I haven't cried. Aww. So I just, I mean, it's the the basis of it of which most people would be aware is that they get um you've got these five people who um go out to to help they've they've received a letter and said can you please help my sister brother cousin person whoever it is and they come and they help them be more accepting of who they are mm-hmm. and uh it, through ways of like you know whether it's through cooking and fixing the hair so it's like a, a life makeover as opposed to like just a you know, it's l- less about 
we're going to make you look beautiful and more about let's tap into um, what's going on with you so mm. that you can love yourself a bit yeah. more. And along the way they also get a makeover and, and you know, their house made over. And who doesn't like – like that's a combination. That's brilliant. It's the, the best stuff. <laughs> so – and some of the people who they have, have on are just – so awesome to watch their stories. So, um, yeah, I've watched three episodes in the last two days and cried at all three mm-hmm. at the latest series. So, um, yeah, because they, they filmed the first episode pro, uh, pro, um, sorry, prior to COVID and then they've f- had to do the follow-up and then the rest of them mm-hmm. after. So, um, yeah, that's why we've been waiting so long. COVID, they suck. Yeah. So I'm going to let somebody else talk for a bit. Who wants to take the floor? What shall we chat about first? I mean, there's a couple of films. On. Should we talk about Death to Twenty? Let's talk about Death to Twenty Twenty. We've both seen this, yeah. and I know Rachel's seen Death to Twenty Twenty. Yeah, I didn't realise it was a Twenty Twenty One. I'm super excited. I think it's interesting because I think people thought that once Twenty Twenty ended, mm-hmm. life would be better, but it probably actually got worse. Just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> So it's just a complete dumpster, f- dumpster fire. Is that the word? Dumpster yes, fire. It totally. That sounded, is. It didn't sound right coming out then. So yeah, I mean, I did you want to synopsize this one, Lewis? Or do you, <laughs> <laughs> or do you would you like me to take? I don't well, mind. It's it, it, death to twenty twenty one is basically um, a bunch of. Uh, Experts in uh, inverted commas uh, talking about uh, you know 2021 and uh, you know all the, um, the 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 things we experienced in 2021. So there was a lot of uh, talk of uh, COVID, uh, of Joe Biden like being uh, sworn in. Uh, did, I think the insurrection as well. Bernie Sanders sitting coldly in his chair. There was a, a brief bit of Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. sitting coldly in his chair, and that, I think that was like, can you believe that was like 12 months ago, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of a lot of stuff in there, and the uh, the um, professionals are acted out by um, you know such uh, luminaries as Kristen Melody. Um, she was uh, fr- from I think she was the mother in um, How I Met Your Mother, um, and she's been in uh, lots of other stuff as well. Uh, and she she plays this kind of uh, right wing conservative mother kind of person, uh, and she was uh, heavily focused on the uh, the insurrection and stuff like that. So very oh, very funny. So stuff. you've got a lot of people who. Who were in it last time? In oh, it yeah. This time, so you got Hugh Grant, uh, Tennyson Force, OBE. Um, you got Joe Keery as well, who's um, he plays the uh, the social media media guy. guy yeah. uh, so good. Tracy Ullman plays this like you know, uh, right wing news announcer person, but she's mm. she's not telling you stuff. She's just asking questions. And you've got Lucy Liu as well, yep. who is a a, bit, a journalist. I don't know, was she in the the first one? No, no, yeah. she wasn't. I quite like Hugh Grant's character, who kind of f- blends fiction and nonfiction. Yes. Can't quite, you know, tell the difference between the two. Kind of thinks Harry Potter was a real thing mm. and, and things like that. He's quite quite entertaining mm. to watch. We actually just watched um, Paddington Two the other day. Uh, Bryce and I have finally is got him to watch a it with me. Service? Um, it's on Netflix. Or maybe binge. I can't remember, but we found it anyway. And um, yeah, Hugh Grant's very entertaining in that film. Good old Hugh Grant. Also, you got uh, William Jackson in there uh, as well, um, and uh, he, he came on the screen. And Cat was like, "Who is that guy?" And I was like, "It's Cheedy from The Good Place." He's like, "Oh, okay." Um, yeah, and uh, Samson Ko, uh, so Samson Ko, he was the um, 
the infectious disease person from last year, and so he's back again uh, this year. Oh, I really enjoyed him. And it was he was funny. They, they, they would like play um, like music <laughs> under whatever he was saying stuff. Or yeah, shadowing yeah. kind of music, and he's like, "What is this music?" Apparently, Nick Muhammad. Was, I know. I just saw that. Well, but I can't remember what he was in. Well, uh, it just in. it just says director voice. So I wonder uh, whether he was the interviewer. Right. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, yeah. And if if you don't know who Nick Muhammad is, he plays Nathan in uh, Ted Lasso. Ah. Yeah. So there you go. But it's interesting because it does utilise kind of archival footage throughout the year alongside these interviews. So if you really didn't know that it was a mockumentary, you could get quite confused. Yeah. <laughs> if you're dumb, uh, yeah, it's, it's likely dumb. you could be confused by thinking this is they're all being, you know, real. But it is like... Yeah, played very tongue in cheek, mm. but oh, it's so good. I mean, like it's it's a bit of gallows humour, you, you know. But as you said, the the you know twenty twenty one was terrible. Uh, sorry, twenty twenty was terrible. Twenty twenty one was a dumpster fire. Um, you know, but you know, it's. I think you got to look at these things and have a laugh because if you don't, you'd just be crying all the time. So yeah, and I think that's the beauty of these films. They are a little bit silly, and mm. I think it's it's quite tailored to an American audience. A lot of the mm. politics mm. is American based, but look, I think yeah, if you don't don't laugh, you will cry, and <laughs> I think it's a good way to recap the years. And I think Death to Twenty Twenty is still available on Netflix. So oh, yeah. if you really want, you can go from one to the other <laughs> and just be incomplete. Who wouldn't? want to relive, those, relive those, two years. those two years but I mean you know it is what it is and yeah it's just interesting that everyone thought that you know end of 2020 was going to just be better but not quite there's that um I think I mentioned it last week there's that meme that says uh, you know some person's face stressing out when you realize 2022 is uh pronounced 2022 <laughs> Mm. Yep. Mm, no, yeah. No, no. Uh, there was no happy new year or anything. It's like a lot of happy. I'll take a 1999. Happy with that year. Maybe not 2022. Well, just just hopefully that uh, you know 2022 will be a uh, a better year than we've had the past two years. Um, you just can't say stuff like that. You've just you can't anymore. <laughs> you just can't anymore, can yeah. you? No, nah, no. Nah. I've 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 started rewatching the news a little bit and reminding myself why I stopped watching the news because I've come in, become incredibly um, anxiety ridden again. So I'm like, I really need to stop watching this. It just does yeah. me no good at all. It's a hard pill to swallow, which is why I think news they really need to balance it. It needs to be more balanced, good and, and bad news. Today, I mean, bad stuff happened. And now puppies. <laughs> yes. Or yeah, get exactly. puppies to present yeah. the news. Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Wouldn't that be I've good? I've got ideas, guys. Oh, I've got ideas. Yeah. But I think it, it could be could be fun. Or we could get comedians to come in and actually read the news. Well, isn't that what the project is all about? That um, is true. I was actually trying to segue into Lucille Ball and <gasps> being... The Ricardos, which is a film on Amazon Prime, but my segue did not work very well. Fair enough, but, uh, but you're there now, but so I you am, have to take it. I am there. And, you know, we all know Lucille Ball, famous, well, hopefully we all know who she is, very famous yeah. comedian. And I Love Lucy was one of the most iconic shows in history and even more than 40 million people today tune into rewatches off it uh, or reruns. So it's no surprise that director Aaron Sorkin would Get his hands on that and, and make a film about comedy legend Lucille Ball. And rather than a full biopic, he depicts one week in the life oh, of Lucille oh, Ball. Interesting. Uh, played by Nicole Kidman and her husband Desi Arnaz, played by uh, Javier 
Bardem. I never say his name right. No, Javier. You Javier. Javier. Uh, you say it Javier. better. Yeah, you say it better. You've got the flair. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. And then I just ruined it. Uh, and Sorkin frames the narrative around the rehearsal and the blocking and filming of an episode of I Love Lucy titled Fred and Ethel Fight. So over the course of this week in 1952, uh, Lucille Ball is accused of being a communist. Uh, she announces she's pregnant and then told that they can't possibly air the word pregnant uh, for some strange, wow. bizarre Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. And I mean, not from 52. I wasn't there when it happened, but I, I know of that yeah, information. Yeah, it's just so strange. So the drama... Pregnant? That would mean you must have had sex at some point. We can't talk about we that. We can't talk about Especially that. Especially because oh. in uh, that show they had separate beds. So how mm. did that even happen? Oh. Just weird. How did it happen? Don't know idea. How did it happen? But the the drama kind of ebbs and flows um, here as the couple navigate this week and and the media and this episode. But I quite liked how it's quite a long film, but I do like how Sorkin has focused on one episode. It really provided Nicole Kidman with this opportunity to embody Lucille and to illustrate how. She really controlled things on her show and there was a lot of choreography and physical comedy to I Love Lucy as well. So it's not a perfect film, but it does offer a bit of an insight to Lucille Ball and uh, Desi Arnaz, her her partner, and, uh, you know, their relationship was troubled as well. But the the fact that both of them put in such such effort into this show um, is really evident. So, And I know a lot of people have issues with Nicole Kidman, but I think she did a really good job. You know, it's not an easy character to, Mm. to play. Did it feel like you're watching Lucille Ball as opposed to watching Nicole Kidman? Yeah, I thought about this. Uh, She does the voice really well. So at times I did feel like it. She doesn't really look like her, which is an intro. But I mean, you can't necessarily always find an actor Mm. that's going to really resemble somebody. So, you know, it's definitely... It is Nicole Kidman, but she does embody that physical, mm-hmm. uh, that physicality that Lucille mm. Ball had. She was very, you know, um, her comedy was mm. was quite physical. So she does that really well, and her voice as well is is yeah. So Nicole Kidman does a good job with the the dialogue and and the way that she spoke, and uh, it's certainly worth a watch as well. Being something that's available to stream as well, uh, it's right there. So, and it's quite a, a colourful film too, which is nice. So, I've, I've heard a lot of bad reviews, so it's interesting to hear yeah. your take on it. I, I mean, I'm certainly on the fence. Like I say, it's not a great film, but mm. it's not a terrible film either. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's nice just to see. I mean, I don't know if I would have taken this direction for a film about Lucille Ball. I would have liked to have seen more about her life. Yeah. rather than a week in her life. Yeah. But, you know, not, I have no doubt that one day we'll get that. So You would hope so. She's an absolute legend and she oh, had some really interesting times in her life. So um, obviously marrying somebody um, who wasn't um, Caucasian mm. was a big issue back in the day. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there would be lots. There's lots of fuel for an actual real biopic. Oh, so. absolutely. Lots to uncover about mm. her and her life and um, her as herself. And it was such a culture-changing TV show as well. Yeah. You know, a female at the forefront of comedy. Uh, so, yeah, really interesting. To, it's a good start, but certainly not the film I wanted. Yeah. So I'm going to score it a three. A three. A th- um, I just realised we didn't score Death to 2021. Did we want to score that? Oh, I'll give it um, 
three and a half, um, three and a half. Oh, I'm, I'm challenging you now, aren't I? Clueless conservatives. Clueless <laughs> conservatives. Um, I'm going to score it two and a half um, ankle bracelets, prison ankle <laughs> bracelets. Um, yeah, I thought that, I thought it was good, but the, the comedy was a bit frivolous, so that's why I'm kind of sitting on the fence. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, speaking of frivolousness, um, I uh, went on to binge to check something um, and the first thing that popped up was Harry Potter 20-year reunion and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, somebody said that was coming out and I was like, I'm just going to watch a couple of minutes. <laughs> Oh, well, an hour and 40 minutes later, <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Um, it's a set of um, interviews with all the main characters uh, reminiscing about the the making of the movie. So uh, not necessarily the book because it's 20 years since the films um, came out or the first film came out, I should say. Um, there is a lot of tears and... I also cried. <laughs> I'm just such a sucker, man. When other people cry, um, I cry. Mm. Um, Rupert Grint said, uh, I've had kidney stones and a child. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while <laughs> since I've done the movies. <laughs> so things have changed. But it was really interesting to hear them all talk about how they all went through that period where it was quite difficult, where they're about 14, they were like, do I really want to be stuck here doing this? And it became kind of their life. And they were all having these thoughts at the same time. But because they're all 14, they can't really have that conversation with anyone because they don't have the emotional ability to do that. So it was really interesting to hear them all talk about that sort of stuff. And just the camaraderie and how close everyone became over the years. And all three of them, all the three main characters um, got teary. Um, and it was, they they interviewed all the directors. So Chris Columbus, uh, Mike Newell, um, Alfonso Cuaron uh, and David Yates. David Yates. So they interviewed all of them, um, which was nice. Um, uh, they had Robbie Coltrane. They had, uh, I was going to say, Bellatrix Lestrange, but uh, Helena, Helena Bottom Carner, um, who reads a text that she's kept on her phone from Daniel Radcliffe when they were filming, which was quite a long time ago, and it was it's quite a funny little text message. Um, and uh, Tom Felton and and you know the dude who played Mike uh, Neville Longbottom, so and and Ray Fiennes, like everyone. Obviously, there's missing people. Um, you know, Alan Rigman, when they started talking mm. about him, I was like, <laughs> it's like it's happening all over again, guys. They actually did a whole <laughs> section which was in mem mem memoriam. Yes. Uh, oh, so you watched it as well? Yeah, I watched it as well. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a, there was someone who was kind of noticeably missing from yes. uh, a lot of it. I was going to get to that, yeah. but I, I think you should take over. Um, so, yeah, um, the author of the book uh, really wasn't in it very much. Mm. And when she was in it, it was archival footage from 2019. And they made sure to let you know that there was a little um, writing at the top right-hand corner that said, uh, filmed in 2019, Warner Brothers Studios. And I think she only featured about three times. Mm. So, excuse me, I mean, obviously they do talk about Joe, not, uh, J.K. Rowling, mm. they, they talk about her as Joe, because, I mean, you can't deny that it's a, a book that made history, mm. you know, made kids 
who maybe wouldn't read, read, mm. made adults like myself desperate for each copy of the book, even though it's a young adult, you know, um, book. And the way it progresses over time, like even that scene where they, in the in the reunion where they show Cedric Diggory dying and his dad going, my boy, mm. it just kills me every time. <laughs> it's so guttural mm. and real. Um so yeah, it, it made me want to watch the book, uh, watch the movies again, and you know, read the mm. books again. So, but yeah, it was funny. Um, Emma and Rupert talking about when they had to kiss because obviously they're kind of like brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> so it was um, there was a lot of build up and like yeah, yeah, it's funny listening to them talk about that. No, but it was really good as a, as a you know fan of of Harry Potter and uh, and the mm. books and everything like that. Seeing these people. And I guess you had a similar thing with the Friends reunion, like seeing these actors reunite on sets. And with uh, Harry Potter, it was a lot easier because the sets are, are still there um, in that studio tour that you can do mm. in London. So it was easy to just go and I'm assuming that's where they filmed it. I'm, I'm assuming they didn't just like build these new sets mm. <laughs> out of nowhere. Sorry, excuse me. When they had the, the the sets there that they could uh, could use, um, so yeah, it was I thought it was really good, and it, it was great to hear a few of these you know backstage stories and see some photographs of them when they were young, and they they did screw up one photograph where they showed it and said it was Emma Watson, but it was actually Emma Roberts, I think was there was a photograph of her. Oh, really? As, I missed that. There's a photograph they showed uh, as Emma, but it was Emma with like Mickey Mouse ears on and all this kind of stuff. And apparently it was a photo of Emma Roberts, not oh. Emma. Because um, <laughs> there is a photo of Emma Watson with mm. Mickey, Me- uh, Mickey Mouse ears on. Mm. Um, that photo does exist. So really, I didn't notice that at all. Uh, you're like researching it now. Like <laughs> I have to find out if this is true or not. Um, it, it was it was a nice little flashback. I haven't seen the Friends um, reunion. Did you see it, Cecilia? I don't tend to watch reunions. No, for some reason it just kind I, of. Yeah, I watch. I watch the Friends. Do you know what I think it is? I think it just reminds me that a toddler so much time has passed that it's, <laughs> it's really difficult for me to fathom that it's been twenty years since Harry Potter. Like, uh-huh. The first movie. I mean, not the last movie. I mean, I just remember seeing it in cinemas. Like. Mm. It, it's it's insane. So I think it just kind of makes me a little bit sad to think that it's been so long. So I well, tend to avoid reunion things. Yeah, so that, that photo there. Oh, that's uh, not Emma Roberts. Uh, that's Emma Roberts, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's there not, you go. Not Emma Watson. Whoopsie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They, mean, they do look a little similar, though, don't yeah, they? But they are, it is like a picture of a young girl. I mean, it <laughs> pretty much could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. The first Harry Potter movie I saw was Prisoner of Azkaban, and I saw it at Man's Chinese Theatre in Hollywood because I had nothing to do um, before oh, wow. I. Um, so I was in LA for a couple of days before I flew over to, to go to camp um, in Pennsylvania. So, and I I was staying at the diviest hostel ever um, because I'm like, cool, yeah, this is great. It's right across the road from all the Hollywood stuff. This, it's right in the heart of everything. So dodgy. Oh, so God. dodgy. Um, yeah, but next to the the Disney theatre, mm. so I went and saw Jimmy Kimmel a couple of times and, yeah, it was good times. But, yeah, that was the first one I saw and I'm like, huh, maybe there is something to this Harry Potter business. Like, oh, I thought, oh, it's actually quite good. So that's when I went back and started reading the book. So thankfully I didn't have to, like, wait too long for each next book because 
they were all out mostly ah. by the time I get. I only had to wait for half blood prints and um, deathly hallows. So I mm. never, I never read the books, but I was onto the movies from the fir- very first one. Yeah, I collected the books because I quite enjoyed reading them. And I remember a few years ago there was that whole rare. Uh, Harry Potter, uh-huh. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. There was like three mistakes, and if there was the yeah. three mistakes in the book, uh, then it was worth like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something. Uh-huh. And I remember like running home and grabbing my copy off it, and it had I think two out of three. Oh mistakes. wow! And I was like, no, I could have been rich. I remember reading the first book to somebody I babysat and I definitely said Hermione's name wrong. I think I called her home. I don't know how I even pronounced it actually. (laughs) I would only know Hermione now, but Hermione or something like that. And and yeah, get corrected by like a (laughs) seven-year-old. Whoopsie. Uh, Yeah. I really enjoyed reading The Goblet of Fire. I think that was my favourite novel. I think Order of the Phoenix was my favourite novel. I'm actually trying to think now because I always forget what order they go in. Um, Harry Potter books. I'm it's funny because go- I've never actually read any I'm of them. I'm just Googling. I've, so I've Philosopher's a- Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, uh, which I think is the funniest movie. Oh, that is my favourite book. I love it that book. It is good. I love that book. Uh, I yeah. cried when I read it when Cedric Diggory died and then I cried when I watched it. Mm. Um, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince and then uh, Deathly Hallows. Ah, look at you go. Yeah. I know, Goblet I'm a total fire, nerd. Hands down, my favourite book to read. It's, it's funny, yesterday I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this little meme that said, did you know if you press Siri on your phone and say Lumos, um, your flashlight comes off and you can say Knox and it turns off? And I was like, oh my God. And so I tried it and then I went back onto Facebook and realised that somebody had, the reason I had seen that meme was because someone had tagged me in it. Yeah. It's like, uh, people know me. People I'm, I'm know not a crazy you. mad fan, like, but, you know, those times have gone, but it was it was good. Hmm. Very good. I'm trying to find the uh, valuable Harry Potter book to see <laughs> if I can um, explain it a little bit better so people know what I'm actually talking about. But it was definitely the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, or if you're in America, Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone. Was it, it was a first, like a first printing of it, was it? Because originally the, the first printing of the book was very small run. Yes, mm. it, was a, it was one of the very first, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't the rarest. There was some rare beforehand. So um, I'm just trying to find it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Sorry. To be a first edition in either hard or soft cover, there are four very important points which the book must have. So I think mine had three out of four. Mm. So the publisher must be listed as Bloomsbury at the bottom of the title page. The latest date listed in the copyright information must be 1997 and then I think there were a few mistakes in there as well um something was spelled wrong I've oh yes uh one wand must appear twice on page 53 in the equipment list oh yeah whoops uh and then I think there's something else as well. That, one wand, um, one wand. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes. You need two wands. <laughs> so basically I had three out of four mistakes. So I, mine was for some reason not worth anything compared to if it had one more issue. How upsetting. Still reads the same. 
know. <laughs> it's like that episode of the IT crowd yeah. where Moss gets two copies to see uh, one child's version yeah. and an adult version to see if there's any differences in the uh, text. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You know, um, Paddington 2, um, Richard Ayoade is in Paddington 2 uh, playing some kind of expert at the court and he does sort of play a version of Moss. <laughs> You've, you've seen it, right? I haven't seen Paddington. It's one of those things I want to really see. Oh, so. man. Yeah. I thought, because I thought, because you really liked the first one, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the second one's really good. Everyone keeps saying it's better than the first one. Um, I, I think it's it's pretty on par. They're both pretty good. But you know what's not better than the first one? Um, the Adams Family 2. Oh, Ooh. no. Segway. Segway. Um, that's what we need to do when we segue to things whoop, whoop. Is, is actually announce it and say if you didn't realise that there's a that segue happening, a segue. there's actually a segue happening. You're just trying to eat the mic. Keep knocking it. Um, so... Uh, trying to turn things off. <laughs> the Adams Family 2 came out today. Uh, Bryce and I went to see it. Uh, he said it was good. He enjoyed it. And actually his... his um, opinion is worth more than mine because I'm an adult and he's a child. Um, but the Adams Family 2 takes them on a road trip, mainly because Wednesday is like, oh my God, you guys are so embarrassing as a family. I don't want to spend any time with you. Well, she's got a valley girl. No, but that's sort of what her thing is. She doesn't want to spend any time with her family because um, they keep embarrassing her. She feels like she's so different to them. Um, so the dad is like, well, what a perfect way to bond. Let's go on a cross-country trip in our crazy caravan thing. Um, so while that's happening, there's also the storyline of um, she has been seen um, by this... She, she does an experiment at school during a science fair and it gets viewed by this crazy scientist um, sort of like... I keep... Elon Musk, but I don't think Elon Musk has anything to do with science experiments. But you know, he's some crazy, like special, mm. high up doing this in dude in the science community. Anyway, so he has, um, he's come up with a plan to get Wednesday um, as his own child. So basically, he said there's been a switch at birth. You're my child, um, and so they're kind of being pursued the whole way by his cronies so that they can um, prove to her that you're actually not an Adams, you belong to me, um, which works for her because she doesn't feel like an Adams. Um, so, you know, she's all, all about that. So you've got Bill Hale playing Mr Strange, who is the scientist. Um, you've got all the regulars come back for the voices, um, Oscar Isaacs for Gomez, uh, Charlize Theron, um, with Morticia, uh, Chloe Moretz, Chloe Grace Moretz, Moretz yep, yep. Um, as Wednesday, um, Nick Kroll as uh, Festa. So it's it's your run-of-the-mill kids movie. There's nothing special about it, unfortunately. Um, with the original, there was a lot of really funny stuff and it's quite enjoyable to watch uh, as an adult. This one, they have thrown in those quite adult jokes um, that, I mean, if you're a kid, you're going to completely miss it. But if you're an adult, it's going to be pretty obvious to you. Um, but generally speaking, there wasn't enough in it for an adult to keep me all that entertained. I looked at my watch at one point and I was like, oh, it's only been an hour. Like it felt like I'd been in there for two 
two hours already. But thankfully, it is a relatively short film. Um, I feel like it's less than an hour and a half um, by the end of it because I felt like we left there relatively early. So that was a blessing that it was short. Um <laughs> But again, my opinion is weightless, really. It's my son really loved it. He thought it was hilarious. Um, so he got up and danced at the end when the credits started. So he, he was happy. And really, you know, if you're, taking, if you're taking your kids to the movies, you kind of got to be um, sitting through it and, and it's just one of those things. Mm. I, I'm sure it's far better than some movies, definitely, but it just didn't do it for me. I'm going to give it two and a half gross things. Ooh. Because there's some gross stuff in Well, that makes sense, it. Adam's family. It, yeah, there is some gross stuff in there. So um, Olivia Coleman is probably one of the best actresses going around as far as I'm concerned. Well, everyone loves her and puts her in everything at the moment, so... <laughs> so you've got no choice. You have yeah. to watch her regardless. She's hot stuff at the moment. Hot stuff. Hot stuff. Um, so Netflix has just released a film called The Lost Daughter. Um, it features Olivia Coleman playing Lida, who is a professor... Um, it, it's a movie told in two timelines. So you've got Lita who is on holidays in Greece at a beach. Um, it's kind of a working holiday. She's clearly got some work to do, but she's there's a whole huge family that come along from Queens uh, and they are quite unwelcoming and kind of rude and um, there's a little bit of murky stuff going on there. So she she's initially enjoying the beach by herself and this whole family comes to kind of ruin her enjoyment of the beach. Um, so she ends up having some confrontations with them. But they're in that timeline, part of that family, um, you've got Dakota Johnson playing Nina, who is a young mother um, who is kind of struggling with being a mum. She mm. seems kind of tired and over it, um, which happens when you're a mum, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and she also has the added pressure of the family that she's in um, kind of uh, I, it's never really said what they do, but they feel kind of mafia-ish oh. or maybe something else is going on. That, mm. But they all seem to have, like, opinions on how she should be doing things and, um, you know, she's not being the best mother she could be sort of thing. Um, and Lita sort, sort of feels a kinship to her because she also had those issues when she was younger. So that's where you get the second timeline. You see Lita as a young mother played by Jessie Buckley, who um, we've seen in a couple of things recently. Um, and she's got two daughters, Bianca and Martha, and she's trying to do um, a comparative literature professorship or study I'm, I'm not 100% sure but she is um, translating um, a lot of work English work into Italian so she speaks fluent Italian and um, she is struggling to try to do that work alongside being a mum because it it's she's doing a lot of that work at home mm. because she's got the kids at home so there's a lot of extra stresses there she's having a few issues with her husband as well so there's that going on um so the stresses just kind of push her over the edge on a few occasions and you know if you were looking at it um with no heart you would just be like well she's clearly a bad mother mm -hmm. um but you're seeing just at the moments 
uh, her worst parenting moments. And unfortunately, as a parent, you have a lot of them. You're like, oh, really screwed up. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done this. Um, but um, on the whole, I'm sure she did a good job in other ways. But the movie sort of explores the what she states to one of the other characters who's pregnant, the crushing responsibility of being a parent. Um, it comes with a lot of joys, but this film really focuses on how difficult it is and how social expectations um, just expect mums to just automatically be amazing mums and you know that's what women are built for um and it's not always that easy I mean you know I can relate to some of that stuff in that movie and I found it really difficult after I finished watching it I actually couldn't fall asleep because I felt so bad for this woman that she'd had such a tough time um there's a lot of other elements of this movie going on that some people are unsure of and like I don't get why this is happening or why that's happening but really it's kind of meant to make you feel something as opposed to like telling you um, someone's exact story if that makes sense. Mm. You're supposed to kind of I don't know sit with those feelings that those characters are having as opposed to you know following a plot line. I love Does that make sense? That make you feel, yeah, you feel rather than... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Maggie Gyllenhaal's um, directorial debut. It's based on a book of the same name um, and it's... So Maggie Gyllenhaal has um, written the script based on a novel by uh, Elena Ferranti mm-hmm. and so the original novel uh, had um, Lita's character on holiday in Italy but what they've done is changed it to Greece because Lita's name actually comes from a Greek mythology um, and uh, which leads into this movie because she's also translating Yeats and there's a Yeats poem called um, I think it's uh, Le- uh, The Swan and the rape of Leda. Oh, so the Greek mythology is um, Zeus turns himself into a swan and seduces slash rapes Leda and then she has Helen of Troy mm-hmm. and uh, another child. So there's a lot of extra elements in there if you're interested in pushing a bit deeper. And a lot of people are going to be very uncomfortable with this movie. It's it's sort of meant to make you feel uncomfortable because unfortunately there's not a lot of movies out there that are brutally honest about how difficult it is to be a parent. Um, and you will have people making the argument of, well, you made that choice. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Mm. Like, you know, everything great comes with rubbish oh, as well. Of course. So um, I'm going to give this four hat pins. Um, I think a lot of people will struggle with it. Um, I I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but it's definitely an experience and it's on Netflix at the moment. So, and Olivia Coleman, I mean, honestly. She's just fantastic. You've got Dakota Johnson in this as well and she's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like her so much as a person, but I think she was, she acted quite well in this film. So, and Jesse Buckley as the young leader was great as well. Yeah, some really great actors in that mm. film. I'm planning to watch this on the weekend. I'm a little bit scared going oh. in now, but I think it I was do. longish. But I think you'll enjoy it because it's yeah. character based and relationship based and feeling based. And um, there's kind of an, yeah, there's a kind of 
almost a menacing feeling the whole way through the movie mm. and it, it's just kind of a, a tone as opposed to being outright said. So Maggie Gyllenhaal's done an amazing job and Elena Ferrara, who wrote the book, said, I will only allow this to be made into a movie if it's directed by a female, yeah. So, which is what's happened here. And um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband is in this briefly as well, um, playing a professor. Uh, so Peter Sarsgaard's in it as well. Brilliant. For a little bit of time. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Hmm. Shall we talk Move about on. The Rescue, which is... We don't have anything else to review, do no, we? No, that's everything. This is on Disney+, Plus, so it's available to stream at home. I think it's been there for a while now, but uh, it is a National Geographic documentary and it tells the story behind the rescue of 13 people, including 12 boys from a soccer team and their assistant coach who were trapped in a cave in northern Thailand in 2018 during monsoon season. So lots of rain entering the cave. And this is a, a massive cave, one of the biggest in Thailand. It's got a, a name, but I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the name of the cave because I will absolutely butcher it. But the film utilises computer graphics, uh, archival footage and reenactments off the rescue featuring some of the original rescuers as well. And you've also got those involved being interviewed uh, and sharing their own personal experiences of the rescue. Uh, And it's one of those films, it's quite an uplifting story, particularly when we've got these such trying times with the pandemic. It's nice to go back and watch this, even though, I mean, it's obviously a tough ride, but we all know that it was quite a good outcome. Mm. Well, unless you don't know the story. But anyway, it's an uplifting story and it's so many countries banded together. You've got people all from all over the world, you know, experienced divers from the UK, uh, Australia, just all kind of came together to help get these kids and their coach out. So the film does a really good job at building suspense and like I say, even if you know the outcome, it's still suspenseful throughout the film because you've got, you know, water entering this cave. You've got the divers searching for these kids and they don't initially know where they are. And when they eventually, I hope I'm not going to spoil it too much. I think, you know, 2018 this occurred. So hopefully I'm not spoiling it. It was all over the news as well. So if you don't know, I don't think it's a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler, but they do find them. And the logistics that goes into the operation to get these kids out is insane. And I learned so much about this that I didn't actually know, but it, it was about a two and a half hour trip from the entry of the cave to where these kids were located. So you've got the divers going in to get them out and you've got all these really small spaces. You've got oxygen to think about. You've got people who uh, only the most experienced divers can do this. But naturally, when you try and pull someone who's not experienced in diving, and even when you've got oxygen on you, your natural instinct when you're in a cave and underwater is to try and go up. Mm. So they actually had to come up with this solution to sedate these kids. So they actually sedated the children uh, and knocked them out to bring them out, which I actually didn't know. And there was an ethical side to this because it was actually an Australian surgeon uh, who, so some guy from Australia, a diver, contacted his friend who was a surgeon and said, hey, what do you think about sedating these kids? And he said, absolutely not. It's too risky. You've got kids, unless you're holding, because you've got to hold 
people's airways open when they're under sedation. Oh, Otherwise, God, yeah. they can stop breathing. Um, there's a chance their heart could stop. There's so many risks. And the other thing they had to consider is that although everyone was kind of keen for this plan provided it worked, if one of those child, uh, one of those kids actually did die as a result, the Thailand government would have imprisoned them because it wasn't an ethical scenario. You can't just mm. go around sedating children. So it was an absolute, there's so much I learned about this rescue operation that I had no idea about. There's just people, unfortunately someone did lose their life um, in this operation. One of the divers, the oxygen saturation in the cave was dropping incredibly and he, he just wasn't able to to, you know, he was, he needed oxygen and couldn't get it. So, Did yeah. they get him out? They or, got his body okay. out, yeah, but unfortunately he didn't make it. So it, it's just a really heartwarming story. I know it sounds frightening, but it's actually really um, uplifting to see how everyone works together mm. and, and these kids who were stuck under there for so long. So, yeah, on Disney uh, if you want to watch it. Yikes. 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 I'm like, oh, that sounds so interesting, yeah. but I'm petrified and don't think I'll be There's able to watch it. There's some really, really clever reenactments and, and things like that as well, which really gives you a sense of that um, claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Oh. Sorry, there is that in I there. Sick Sorry, just I, thinking yeah, about I should have prefaced with that. If you don't like that kind of stuff, there is that in this film uh, as well. And some really fantastic footage, uh, real footage of them seeing the kids for the first time as well, yeah. which um, is beautiful. So, wow. Yeah. I like this stuff. Crazy. It's good news. It's a good news story. I like them. I like a good documentary. There you go. But yeah, on Disney Plus, I'm going to score it four, four flippers because you've got to use flippers to, to dive. Oh, I do. Yeah. Of course. So. Mm. Um, well, I think we've kind of we've covered, covered a lot. I know we've covered a lot of things. I better write that down on my list um, so I can give that to you. Yes. Um, and, and that way we, we know what we've talked about. So I can get the podcast up for, for listening. Cool. Unlike last week where I completely forgot and then had to try and remember mm-hmm. what I'd seen. That's okay. That um, when you texted me to say um, what did you talk about last week, that was where I was like, I'm sure there was something on Binge that I watched. And then I went on to Binge. I was like, oh, Harry Potter. Um, so I, got, I went into Harry Potter because you had messaged me. Uh, so it was all your fault. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, it, it was for a reason. Uh, yeah, I did have to watch it. Apparently there's uh, The Cursed Child is, is being made into a movie. Oh, uh, or yeah, is that they, they, a? Do they talk about it? But yeah, it's just. Oh, so is that trailer that's online? Is that a um, fan-made trailer? I'd is it? say probably. Yeah, it's like ninety yeah. million views or something. Yeah, Jeez. it's okay. the, the um, clickbait. The, the cursed child. Oh. They're, they're talking about now because the the three main actors are now old enough to play the, those parts. So, which is uh, which, is kind of funny because this is the um, when you see them in this reunion, they're the same age as they were made up to be at the end of Deathly Hallows. Yeah. So, oh, I don't know if they are though, because then none of them are old enough to have kids old enough to be starting that school. That's a good point. So I don't think that's correct. Well, unless they just start having kids straight away, maybe I don't know. Cause, oh no, because that'd be ten years. Hermione's like real focused on career. Mm, yeah, I think they all got into their careers, I think, a little bit. I'm pretty sure it was like 10 years later. I thought it was 19 years later. Really? Well, maybe I'm, we'll, I'm fairly we'll sure. do some research and come yeah. back next week and finish this, we this conversation. Oh, people can Google it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we, we did it again. We, uh, we will be back next week. We shall catch you later. Bye. 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 
This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.